Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalatu wassalamu ala rasulihi al-kareem wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma jahatahu sahla wa anta tajal al-hazna idha shi'at sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna'i ibadatika ya Rabbi al-kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So, Alhamdulillah, today we are in Makkah al-Mukarramah. And Sharrafah um, Allah, and uh, it's been a uh, a great day. We met with uh, Sheikh Ihlan and so many different things, and sorted out so many issues with the Hajj. Alhamdulillah. So a reminder to everyone who's watching, especially from the well, specifically for the UK, really. Uh, I just want to actually say, actually, from a point of view, from people who are abroad, that a lot of people have been messaging and asking. Unfortunately, the Hajj. Umrah as well, but Hajj is not open uh, with myself um, for anyone who doesn't have a uh, what's it called a indefinite visa on their passport or a UK passport. So that's something which uh, is uh, is uh, uh, not possible. Anyway, um, everything is going ahead. Everything is looking good. So anyone was busy with that. So today, inshallah, what we want to do is to finish off the statement that he said we did that uh, okay so picture taking and its use so we covered picture taking we spoke about it and basically my opinion is that a person who is taking pictures and by the way we're going to finish off the issue of makeup as well inshallah towards the end but this is more important so i'm going to leave that towards the end inshallah because i know that there's some people who are still talking about the makeup and uh, I think, I th and correctly so, because I, I know it's a massive issue. I know that people uh, obviously, um, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, make it some kind of like, a, you know, small thing, because obviously it's not a small thing at all. Um, it affects all women. And I think it's very important to clarify and to make sure that we understand it properly. Anyway, the use of pictures, I want to carry on then. And as I said before, I'm going to quote exactly what Shaykh Al-Uthameen says in the next six pages. And then I want to add my comments uh, as well. But anyway, Shaykh Al-Uthameen effectively, he uh, uh, you know, summarized a picture taking that ultimately the ruling on the picture taking depends upon the intention of the person who's taking it. And uh, it sometimes can be haram, sometimes it can be mustahab, sometimes it can be wajib. As I said, I found some contradictions yani, in the way that uh, not just Sheikh Uthameen, but many of the people who deal with this issue of pictures, um, you know, uh, sometimes they, for example, here mention that the intention is very important and according to the intention, the act will be then halal, haram, whatever. Um, that, in my opinion, proves that that picture taking, I don't know if I made this clear last week, picture, yani shuf, the Prophet the kind of language that he uses, um, you know, that they were, uh, you know, whom, you know, ashadul adab, that they will be the most punished in the on the on the day of judgment that uh, and they'll be told to make it and they'll be punished and this and that whatever this is what we call kalam very 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 harsh strict kind of threat which would indicate that this is all about shirk and of course the hadith yani, من أظلم من, uh, خلق, uh, uh, was a hadith uh, the Prophet said, hey, what did he say? 
ومن أظلم ومن ذهب يخلق كخلقي and who is more يعني oppressive and more of a bigger tyrant than the one who tries to go and create like I create سبحانه um, so it is it فليخلق ذرة أو ليخلق شعيرة let's go and make even a seed or even يعني an atom or even a barley grain so it is clear that this this adab is linked to shirk and shirk as i said is an act of the heart it's something which happens inside and therefore it means it's a matter of intention and it's clear if the intention of the people who are doing these drawings or designs or pictures or sketches is nothing to do with shirk rather it is something very normative amongst the people then then we have to then change their illa we have to consider that illa is something which is according to the person's intention just like it says here and we can also then interpret that all of these uh, uh, um, very harsh kind of warnings are linked to when that kind of uh, possibility is possible when the person is going to worship it but in our time no one worships this and if they do then we come down upon them like a ton of bricks simple as that but if the majority of society are involved in, in, in filmmaking and in photography and in drawing and graphic designing and writing whatever and their intention is only you know expression artistic expression none of them think about being any in any way divine or you know as stupid to think of that and i'm not saying that they don't and they won't but i'm just saying that if the majority of the people are not thinking like that then we believe that the intention is is important and therefore it is permissible now obviously um uh, there are some scholars that, that took a middle line and they said that um, and I will accept that I'm almost kind of going very far I accept that uh, because I'm saying that even for example the use of like you know creating actors create, uh, creating design features this that whatever and even to the extent of uh, physical bodies that are used in various things there are some scholars that are just scared and I like that to be honest I like that fear some of them said that you know what it is okay that's fine with every kind of 2d image but not 3d images 3d images are getting far far too close to the real thing and i'm gonna say yes i do feel brave quote unquote enough to say that even the 3d images the 3d things if there is a function there's a use and there's no intention behind it then i think that is permissible but people like like you know sheikh kahlan and many other folks they say no you know what i think we should be careful with 3d images just because there's such a warning and i was discussing this with him actually today I said, uh, Sheikh, but the warning is also there for the taswir. Yet you are, uh, you are accepting that there could be a different illa, and he, you know, uh, you know today. And so, if you accept there could be a different illa today, then why are you worried about taswir, uh, whether it is three uh, D or or two D? Because what taswir, yeah, as we said last week, so what I is an action, and it could include yeah, any those things which are um, uh, those things which are both mujassama uh, and mulawana, two D and three D. Uh, so if you're going to take out one because you're worried about it, because obviously a statue is far more closer to you know something that you worship because it's more real, uh, more physical, more whatever, that, uh, and and you you you're worried about that, but then you say that the Swiri, I get that, and today uh, the, the 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 2D images, no one really does, we, no one really does that today, etc. Then I think that that's okay. I think that uh, 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 you know obviously to allow 2D images, that's fine, but then you should also be consistent and allow 3D if you believe their niya is most important. But it's a fear factor that they will not allow 3D, that we will stay away from 3D. I think that um, even with 3D, like 3D printers, for example, 3D printers creating uh, items, creating things, uh, whatever, um, I think that's okay. But we'll come to that, we're gonna come to that. Anyway, 
واستعمالهم هذه الجملة فيها فيها شيء من التجاوز. Okay, so um, basically it is the use of the pitches. So الشيخ uh, says وظاهر الإطلاق المؤلف عموم أنه يحرم على أي وجه ولكن ينبغي أن نعلم تفصيل في هذا. يعني شيخ ثمين says that according to the author يعني it's very kind of blunt statement. He seems to be including everything. Um, everything is all kind of haram. Every use of every picture. But Sheikh Thameen says, no, I think we need to add some little bit of detail. So at the top of page 204, what does he say? So the use of three, the use of, of, of pictures can fall into three different categories. He said the first category, Al-Qism وفي وفي الحقيقة إنه ليس فيه تعظيم. يعني شيخ says that the first type is when you're trying to يعني exalt what you're seeing. That's the use of pictures and you are you are exalting it. So it doesn't matter whether you are exalting it for the sake of worshiping it or you're exalting it because it's your family or like because it's the king. It doesn't matter. Therefore, if it's a statue statue or it's a 2D picture, so it doesn't matter if it's like a big thing or it doesn't matter even if it's a small picture hanging on the wall. If you're doing it because you are يعني Subhanallah, this is amazing. This is incredible. This is brilliant. Then he said, this is haram, there's no doubt about it. He goes, it doesn't matter if you are, in any way, you're showing respect to it, ta'zim, you're magnifying yani, its nature and you're feeling so, you know, so all of this, he said, this is something which is impermissible. And uh, he goes, and he didn't make the point, he goes, and to be honest, this is not ta'zim. He goes, what is this anyway? What are you doing? He goes, why are you worshipping or, you know, why are you sticking this picture on the wall and thinking that it's something incredible? So he gives a really nice example here. He goes, to be honest, it's not, it's not is it? He goes, مثلا, إِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَسَوَرَ he goes, so you, for example, if you take a picture of your father, okay, uh, and we know this, we know this is so often. But he goes, um, he goes, if you take a picture of your father, yeah, and, and put it on the wall because you're showing respect to him. How is that showing respect? How is that actually magnifying him anyway? I mean, like, what are you doing? Obviously, that's what you're doing. You're magnifying, you're, 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 you're um, exalting him and you're, you're making him out to be something very special. But I mean, but, but what are you doing? Because he goes, if your father was alive, then to respect him and to magnify him is to do those things يعني من البر القولي والفعلي والمالي والجاهي وغير ذلك يعني you meant to you know you meant to spend on him you meant to respect him get up when he gets up when he comes in you need to show him love and you need to obey him and you need to you know uh, honor his name and the things and actions that you do that's how you respect him not by sticking a picture on the wall he goes if he has passed away he goes, if he has passed, if you want to really respect your father and make, and make him out to be something special, he doesn't benefit by you sticking a picture of him on the wall. The king doesn't benefit by you sticking a picture on the wall. The kind of the people that you're talking about, you want to respect them, respect them properly then. Do something for them, yeah, and give some sadaqah for them, or look after them, or whatever. But I agree with Sheikh here in this theory, okay? He goes, actually all you're doing is to earning is earning ithm. Okay? What al ahzan. And this is something subhanAllah I think psychologically very important. He goes, you're just renewing the sadness. Meaning that there was some sadness before, but now you're just yani, reminding yourself of it. Yani, it's something which is it's something which is something you don't um, you didn't want to actually uh, make out to be something which um, should pass away with time and not yet yani, to be considered, you know, I guess uh, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, you got over it, you moved on, and then you're seeing a picture of him in a certain way. You're reminding yourself of all those memories and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, put up on a, put up on a, um, 
ولذلك يجب على من كان عنده صورة من هذا النوع أن يمزقها أو يحرقها الشيخ تنزل so therefore anyone who has got such a picture on the wall he must destroy it or he must burn it and it's not permissible for him to keep it because there are two dangers in this there are two dangers the first danger he says uh, he goes the first danger is that you will prevent the angels entering your in, entering the house okay that's the first danger and he's going, that's of course referring to a hadith that we're going to come to uh, in a minute he goes in the second danger is that the shaitan he goes, the second thing is that shaitan can enter into the heart when you see this picture and you start to um, start to consider it something very special, start to consider it something which is worthy of worship, and you start to basically lose the plot. And he said, this is exactly what happened to the people of Nuh, and of course, uh, in the story of Nuh, um, what happened? The people basically, there were some, there were obviously very pious and special people, such as Waddan, Yagutha, Suwa'a, and Nasra, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the uh, Quran. And they were good men, and the people made yani, pictures of them, and maybe some statues, or uh, so maybe some kind of, you know, things to remember them by after they had passed away. And those people themselves passed away but the pictures remained and then it remained like that for gener for generations generations until the people who were then actually looking at these things and, and venerating them they used to consider them to be so special but they really didn't even know who they were or what they were doing or who they actually you know and shaitan came to them whispered to them and he goes you know these are actually your gods these are the things that you know, obviously he loves shirk these are the things which actually you know you should be worshiping and so what happened then is that uh, the people started to do that, lose yani, the actual yani, basis for what they were, who they were. People themselves were innocent, yani, wadda and yaghutha and so on, and suwa'a and asra, yani, innocent, nothing to do with the, 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 these kind of uh, um, riwaya. Anyway, some of them said it wasn't these names, some said it is these names. But the point is, is that the people just got, you know, so uh, worshipped and it wasn't their fault and people fall into shirk. So, um, so what does Sheikh say? وهذا لا فرق فيه بين الملون والمجسم أي سواء كان صورة أو على ورقة أو 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 أم على حرقة أم كانت صورة مجسمة. He goes here. It doesn't matter. يعني what type of يعني thing it doesn't matter if it's second 2D or 3D or whatever. But here's a problem here. So this is all. He goes. This is all haram and and all these pictures are haram when you're making ta'zim of it. يعني when you're showing great يعني you know respect and so on. Because the second category, get a, the second category that pictures fall into, uh, uh, because the second category of pictures is يعني, where there is some kind of disrespect involved to the picture. So maybe you're taking it as a, um, is it, I think, in the White House, the carpet maybe has some eagles of justice or justice kind of thing and eagles going down. That's the point, meaning you've got a carpet with animals or you've got some kind of cushion which you lean upon. The point, point is that you're leaning upon the cushion, you're showing a disrespect, or you're walking on it, or you know, or you're leaning on something, or it's a pillow. The point is that the picture is there, but you're in no way are you showing it any kind of respect whatsoever. I think this is very important, okay? Because this shows a change of intention and perception, isn't it? This is the key thing. 
it changes perception. So, uh, Sheikh says that yani, in here, this in this situation, there is a difference between the scholars. Okay, فَأَكْثَرُ because the majority of the of the people of knowledge, okay, is that this yani, this use of pictures is permissible. So it is permissible to have a picture, yani, even with its features and everything, uh, 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 yani, uh, on display, yani, full proper picture, even if maybe realistically uh, you have to include humans and so on. Okay, even though Sheikh doesn't mention that. But there is ihana. Yani istihza in ihana, meaning that you are. I don't mean sorry. Istihza is wrong word because that's humiliating. Ihana means disrespect, meaning that you're not showing your respect. So I mean, there's no way that you could lean against a picture behind you. That's not showing your respect, is it? If you were to take a picture down, and you know, some people, for example, are kids' rooms. I'm talk about kids later, but you know, they've got pictures on their pillows and things like that, and the duvet and whatever, whatnot. You know. Um, Batman or, or Transformers or you know the kind of kid things that kids do using that to clean yourself with and to sleep in it has absolutely nothing to do with respect it's a disrespect why is there a difference of the scholars why do the majority of the scholars allow this because on 205 hadith number one uh, uh, footnote number one narrated by Bukhari um, in uh, the pay, uh, sorry the hadith number 2479 and Muslim 2107 a hadith of Aisha anha that the Prophet وسلم, he took a he used a uh, he had a cushion a cushion that had a picture on it so there was some kind of cushion that had some picture of some animal. We don't know the detail, but it definitely had an animal on it. Some of the scholars said that it was the animal picture was taken and torn up and put inside the cushion. That's a possibility, but the majority of the scholars considered that he had it and he used so that he could lean on it and he has it as a form of disrespect. And Sheikh Uthameen says, and to be honest, this is the reason that the scholars allowed this kind of uses because this is exactly the opposite to what it was made haram for, which is you know, this big, huge kind of respect and so on. This is disrespect. He says, He goes, however, some of the scholars went towards impermissibility. I mean, they consider it to be haram. And what was their reasoning? They said that Nabi Sallallahu the hadith, he came to his house one day, and he saw a numruqa, a mikhadda, yani he saw a cushion, and there were pictures on it. So he stood at the door and he did not enter it. And Aisha, she said, who's narrating this hadith, so I saw the dislike in his, the displeasure in his face. I said, I seek repentance to Allah and, and, and His Messenger from what I have done. So the Prophet ﷺ said, So the Prophet ﷺ, he said that the people of these images, okay, meaning the people who made these kind of images, they would be punished. It will be said to them, bring back to life, bring to life that which you have created. So they, so they said, um, uh, uh, so the scholars, okay, so that's the hadith, okay.
Okay, so Prophet is very harsh, very clear. This hadith notes about Bukhari in the chapter of the beginning of creation, uh, hadith number 3224, narrated also by Muslim, hadith to Aisha 2107. So that's very, very harsh, okay? The, uh, in other narrations, the Prophet uh, in other narrations, it was the Aisha that immediately then uh, uh, got rid of it. In other narrations, uh, uh, this would indicate that the Prophet would have used it yani, to lean on, to disrespect it. In other narrations, it was a curtain that was the uh, had the pictures on it and so on and so forth. The point is is that the Prophet disliked it immensely, didn't even enter the home. That's very clear, isn't it? So the, the scholars said, So we will hate it as well. So we hate it just like the Prophet hated it. And he said that the people of this picture are, will be punished. And he also said, Okay, and he said that the Prophet وسلم, uh, said that uh, the angels will not enter a house that has a picture. And Sheikh Uthameen says that those scholars said, And these scholars, how did they respond to the hadith of the fact that the Prophet وسلم, he lent on a cushion that had a picture on it or of some sort? They said that that only happened, that was their opinion. That's why I told you, you know, all of this is full of ishtihad, the whole thing. They said that the reason that he lent on that cushion and it was allowed is because the, the head of the animal had been cut off. And if the head of an anything is cut off, then it is jayas. Remember, I told you that um, when it comes to a picture, if you have some kind of outline, there's another face. The face is what defines a life. I told you that um, the real, you know, all the scholars, other than Mujahid, the student of Ibn Abbas, all the scholars said that it is permissible to draw paint design in the trees and nature and this and that. That's a complete consensus other than Mujahid. And that does not mean that he, and he said that, you know, he, he didn't like that. But uh, but uh, the point is, is that even he, and even trees he didn't like. But the point is, is that if you are making those, they have no spirit. So. Can we take so if they say you're not allowed to do animals and humans and so on and so forth is there a way that we can take the spirit away from them yes if they are an outline they're not of real if they are if they don't have a face then it's not real some some people said even if it has a face if you take the eyes out it's not real that's where the idea comes from about cartoon characters and if you make cartoon characters they're not real aslan they don't exist so i think this is very very important and if we to understand that even the scholars say that if you have a full picture you take the head off then it's okay and that's why they accept the idea of the prophet he lent on that uh, cushion because there was no uh, head on it. Well, and Sheikh Uthameen continues, and I will come back to, like I said, I have still not made my comments, so I'm just going to stick to what Sheikh Uthameen says. He says, well, an, an He goes, no doubt about it, Sheikh Uthameen says. That to avoid all this issue of pictures and so on and so forth, yani it is better and it is more safer for your religion and more cautious. He goes, don't use these pictures. He goes, even if, yani, even if you're going to uh, disrespect them, like, you know, a carpet and so on and so forth. He goes that, that you know, to be safe, of course, is yani, uh, a much better way. It's a much more safer way. Okay, 
Professor, uh, Sheikh Uthameen says, he goes, listen, man, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam didn't like it, so you shouldn't like it, and that's the safer position. He goes, even if this is not the correct position of this scholar, uh, even if this scholarly position of yani, making it haram is not correct, it's certainly the safest. I mean, that's, that's an obvious point, and I, I, you know, I do, I, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of safe positions, because it's safer on our deen, but also, yani, I want to say it's not yani, the most adventurous, and it's not proper fiqh, okay? You got to have some guts yeah, when it comes to your knowledge and say this is what I believe, this is what I don't believe. Something is haram, haram. If it's not, it's not. Don't make something which is yeah, who is the one who is yeah, uh, prohibiting, as Allah says, the the the, the, the beauty of Allah, the, the things of Allah, the, the creation of Allah. Anyway, so that's yeah, the second uh, point, yeah, the second category, taking those pictures that are being disrespected by the very nature. Um the third type of picture is, or the third category, sorry, that pictures fall into, the, the use of pictures which you don't have any, you're not, you're not disrespecting it, and you're not worshipping it. This is now your classic. This is now your big smiley face on your thingy, on your t-shirt, or this is يعني, a picture on the wall, uh, well, not the picture on the wall. This is normal pictures, pictures in, 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 in magazines. This is now, you know, the big one. Uh, drawing pictures and, 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 and flicking through Facebook and seeing all these pictures or watching a video or any the general category, okay? He then says that the majority of the scholars have, have decided that, the, that, the, 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 that uh, the pictures used in this manner are haram. Okay, and he said that this is something that is also take also agreed upon by Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani in Fatul Bari. He goes, so this is like general decoration and making it look nice, but you're not respecting it. You're not, you're not disrespecting it. So he thinks that Sheikh Uthameen claims that the majority of the scholars and consider this to be something which is impermissible. But he goes, وَنُقِلَ وَنُقِلَ He goes, but yes. It has been narrated from some of the Salaf, and it has been by a lot, by the way, that um, uh, that it is permissible if it is only 2D. He goes to the extent that some of the major Imams of the Salaf, they used to even have curtains and things that had pictures on it, pictures of animals. And they did not consider that to be something which is bad. They did not make inkar of it. And there's no doubt يعني, that some of these scholars, they did that. And, uh, 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 you know, we shouldn't try to deny it. But they did that because, and they are forgiven for doing that. Sheikh Uthameen says they got an excuse because they made ta'wil. Meaning that they decided that يعني, these hadith and so on and so forth, they are to be interpreted in a different way. That these pictures are, for example, something which is not such a problem. Let me just give you some idea about who Al-Qasim ibn Muhammad is. He said, um, Al-Qasim ibn Muhammad ibn Abi Bakr al-Siddiq. He is the grandson of the of, of, of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anhu al-Qurashi al-Taymi ahad al-Fuqaha al-Sab'a kana amilin war'a kathir al-Hadith and thiqa and he so he would from the great biographical work and as you remember i will, I will remind you now seer al-a'lam seer a'lam al-nubula the biographies of the most yani, honorable and noble people who have passed by imam al-dhahabi okay he wrote about 
Qasim Al Qasim that he is the son of Muhammad, the son of Abu Bakr Siddiq. So he is the grandson. He is Qurashi. He is the, from the tribe of Atayim. He is one of the Fuqaha al Sabah. We covered this before. He's one of the seven great Fuqaha of which city? Medina al Munawwara. And uh, one of the major, major Imams. Thiqa, trustworthy. And he is Imam, Imam, major Imam. Khalas. Sheikh Utaymin says that he is forgiven for that because obviously he is something he is taking the stricter position. But then he carry on, Sheikh carries on. Uh, sorry, what did he do? Beg your pardon, what did he do? It is narrated uh, in footnote two in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba. Uh, in his Musannaf, he said in Kitabul Libas wa Zina, Babu Rajul Yataki u ala al Marafiq al Musawara, and Azhar and Ibn Aoun. Uh, in the chapter of, of clothes and beautification, in the subchapter of whether, uh, whether a man yani, leaning against yani, those things which are, have pictures on it, is narrated on the authority of Azhar, on the authority of Ibn Aoun, who said that I entered into the house of Qasim in the highest part of Mecca, yani, in that region, um, towards uh, in, his, in his house, uh, shows you by the way that he had yani, a house in Mecca, that's the permissibility of a holiday home, therefore. So anyone who wants to donate to my holiday home uh, 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 fund, then make sure you do that. I'm happy to live in Medina and have a, a home in Mecca too. I'll accept anywhere, to be honest, a second home. Faraitu uh, Ibn Aoun said, of course, the Imam himself, he said, so I saw in his house a hajla fiha tasawir al-qundus wal-anqa. This is a difficult statement to translate, to be honest. He goes, I saw in his house a hajla that had a picture of Beavers or some kind of animals like that, and phoenix, anqa. Mm. So this is amazing. Okay, first of all, hajla. A hajla has different meanings, but a hajla here is like a curtain, uh, something that looks very nice and sometimes maybe used to cover something, especially like a bridal kind of covering of some sort, whatever. Okay, but uh, yani the kind of thing that you'd put around a four-poster bed. And to cover it and to so it's like a curtain and it has the kundus and the phoenix you know the arabs they love the phoenix it's all over their poetry it's all over their images uh when you see the very little that you see it is the thing which is yani their scene um and the phoenix is interesting because of course it is a imaginary made-up bird what I would love to know, what I would love to find out is that where did they catch on to the phoenix? Because, I mean, you know, it's not from their culture, it's not real, so I don't know. But anyway, this is what he saw. So he's hanging that up. This is you know, from the fuqaha. But this, of course, is something which is not going to be surprising when I eventually uh, uh, give my comments on what Sheikh Uthameen has said. He goes, anyway, because we are not to take their actions as a evidence or as hujjah because the hujjah is the statement of Allah and his messenger and maybe the, he did not hear the, he did not receive the hadith or he didn't hear the hadith or didn't know of the hadith that prohibited which is impossible I'm sorry to say I'm saying that because you know normally when the fuqaha make a mistake or they get something wrong or they have a strange opinion it's because of one narration that they missed this there are hundreds of hadith that, yani, that punish the person who makes pictures and so on and, and curse the one who makes the pictures and so on and so forth. So I don't know. Sheikh Uthibin says there's yani, mas'alatan. There are two issues to deal with here. Okay? He goes, the first issue that we need to look at is ma'amat bihel balwa. He goes, something which has become such a horrible situation or such a disaster uh, and it has encompassed the entire world that it's not, it's impossible for us to avoid it in some way or the other. So... 
يعني he said for example يعني the pictures they are in everything يعني everywhere فتوجد في أوان الأكل وشر you find it even on you know cans and tin cans and cereal boxes and this and that في الكراتين الحافظة للأطعمة وفي الكتب because every book has a picture and it goes in the newspapers فتوجد في كل شيء إلا ما شاء الله you find it in every single thing يعني except what Allah does not will except what Allah wills يعني it's something which is crazy he says فنقول so therefore, Sheikh Uthameen says, I mean, now going down the line, he goes, if a person was to purchase in iqtinaha al-insan, lima fihi min al-suwar, if a person purchases these things, يعني, for the purpose of the pictures themselves, فَلَا شَكَّ أَنَّهُ مُحَرَّمُ أي, لو وجد سورة محرم في هذه المجلة أو في هذه الجريدة فأعجبته فاقتناها لهذا الغرض فهذا حرام لا شك أو كان يشتري المجلات التي تنشر فيها صور للصور للصور فهذا حرام. He goes that if a person was to purchase a book or a newspaper or something, يعني for the sake of the pictures that were in there, this is Sheikh Uthameen's position. And I want to say to you, by the way, that Sheikh Uthameen is seen as so liberal in this issue. He's seen as a reformer. I want you to understand that. And he himself is seen as a reformer. I'm telling you, he was seen as very, very brave in the in the kingdom. Okay, because in this king, a kingdom, the Hanbali Wahhabi kind of opinion, the Ani of the scholars, very strict it's seen. Then that's something which is a major issue, and they say that no, you can't Yani do this kind of thing. So anyway, I mean Allah Alam Yani, but I mean certainly Shaykh didn't say it before. He said that anyone who buys it for these reasons, then uh, then it is haram because his pictures are haram. And by the way, you might be thinking pornographic magazines. We're not talking about you know, you know sexual pictures. Uh, that's of course haram. يعني أستغفر الله العظيم يعني that's completely حرام to look at the aura of of you know another man or woman in magazines or something like that intentionally and not turn your eye away. Even those pictures, for example, and I by the way this is me now speaking, okay? Because I disagree with this entirely. But now, for example, if it's pornographic, of course, if it's like men's magazines and that stuff, يعني where the pictures are all over the place and that's a major mainstay, of course, impermissible. But what about like yeah, a normal book that has some kind of pictures of women? That's permissible because that's part of not the reason why you bought it, and it's just like seeing a woman in the street. You one look, you realize, and you move on. Okay, it's the second look as the Prophet said, which is haram. The first glance is not. And if this is something, if you're studying something for some reason, then it's yani when the desires are yani incited. Yani your desires are incited, then that's a major problem. Okay. Anyway, he says here, "Amma إذا كانت للعلم والفائدة والإطلاع على الأخبار." Look at this is a very brave statement for Sheikh. He goes, but if you buy the paper or you're reading the website or whatever it is, yani for the sake of knowledge or for information or news, and it's there as a side thing and your eyes fall upon it, then you know, and I mean when the eyes fall upon it, it's not yani the kind of haram second glance thing, but the point is is that uh, because it's not a woman, okay, uh, or you know, or something sexual. We're talking about something normal, and is there? You're allowed to look at it. Absolutely, you're allowed to look at it. The point is, it, what he's trying to make is that you bought the thing, or you're reading the thing, not because of the pictures, but because of the, the content. Then he goes, I hope, I hope that there is no problem with this. He goes, because of the difficulty of trying to avoid something like this, it'd be impossible. He goes, and indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and we did not place in this religion upon you, uh, this religion that we have given to you any difficulty. He 
he this these pictures these are not yani, the intention and objective behind the people and you don't really you know he's not thinking about them when he buys it when he reads it yeah it's something be you know by the by he says lakin this is now bottom of 207 and the he goes but however if there's a person for example he has a family he goes that but if there is in these يعني, uh, magazines or newspapers or books pictures that might cause fitna especially if someone who's very very handsome or someone like this and he goes for the girls of, uh, of the house for the women of the house he goes يعني. so he goes that's a fitna so he goes there's no doubt about it, that's haram he goes لكن هذا تحريم عرض كما أن المسألة الأواني والكراتين والحافظة للعظمة وشبه ذلك قد يقال إن فيها شيء من الامتهان فلا تكون من القسم المحرم. He goes however he goes I don't I, he goes but uh, he goes that's only because of its causing fitna but it's very difficult to say that these pictures themselves they are haram because actually he said that if you think about it يعني for being on a book and something being touched by hands and closed and if you've got a cereal packet it's being torn up at the end isn't it? and it is being recycled and whatever there is uh, there is he goes there's a form of disrespect intrinsic on the fact that the pictures are only and it, you know its only function is to make something look nice otherwise you know it means nothing it's, it's it's a form of disrespect actually because it goes on this not to be worshipped in any single way so i like that i'm not gonna lie i do like that i hope that you like my my setting as well uh, uh we, we hooked it up mashallah a very nice setting i'm going to show you in a minute exactly well in a little while exactly where we are it's very nice mashallah okay um the second scenario he goes the second situation we need to cover he goes al mas'alatu thaniya wa hiya as-suwar allati yal'abu biha al-atfal wa hadithun qasam ila qismayn he goes and then you got those kind of suwar those pictures or yani even physical things which uh, children play with and these are divided into two groups he goes the first group is yani made min al-khiraq wa al-ihn made from wool and rags and wamashbaha dhalika fa hadhihi la ba'sa biha he goes these things there's no problem with them because they are built are made from um rags and things and he got uh, 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 and this is no problem with this because Aisha radiallahu anha she used to play with it yani uh, with dolls that were made from wool at uh, uh, and so on at the time of the Prophet وسلم, and he did not mention anything he didn't yani make inkar of her and the Prophet وسلم, uh, this is narrated in Bukhari in the Kitab of Adab hadith number 6130 and also uh, in the book of the uh, the virtues of the or the yeah the virtues of the companions fadaila sahaba and in the chapter of Aisha hadith number two four four zero so that's the first one but the second type of toy is that which is made from plastic Sheikh Athimi says 208 I want you to listen now carefully he goes what he, these plastic toys what he goes they're like you know toy soldiers basically full yani, reproductions of 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 people but they're very small he goes some of these are maybe even those that were, which are you know uh transformer whatever that's called robotic and they've got batteries in it and they move around whatever and some of the dolls they speak and say hello you know all that kind of stuff children's toys and yani, that move and they even maybe even speak and yani 
قد يقال القائل is possible for someone to say that is a haram لأنها دقيقة التصوير and remember he goes that there is possible for some people to say this is haram because this actually has the very kind of detailed specifics of creation meaning that this is the kind of scary thing that the, the scholars are worried about because what you're producing or what you're kind of reproducing is something which is so close you see again I now come out of the text now Shakrathim it's me now speaking I want to say to you look at this okay yeah, you never see a toy maker when he makes these toys think about this, right? And that's why, uh, but for the scholars, you know, they are thinking about this all the time. Every time someone makes something which moves and has physical realities and so on and so forth. Anyway, he goes, those scholars, they will say this is haram because it's got such tafsil and wa'ala surat al-insatimah has a complete features of a human. And a laysat surah ijmaliya walakin surah tafsil. It's not yani a general picture, but it's proper detailed. It's got eyes that move around, you know, those dolls. And he goes, but, but, you know, he goes, oh, but, but, he goes, hold on. It's also possible that we say that these are permissible because Aisha radiallahu anha, she used to pay, play with these dolls. And the Prophet didn't say anything. He goes, but well, someone could respond. They said they could say, uh, they could also say, ولكن قد يقول القائل إن السورة التي عند عائشة ليست كهذه السورة الموجودة الآن فبينهما فرق عظيم فمن نظر إلى عموم الرخصة وأنه قد يرخص للصغار من لا يرخص للكبار He goes that those things were very very simple, you know, very flat, very basic but today they're proper, full, you know, full things He goes also, he goes when you look at this concession He goes that it's possible to say He's basically playing advocate. He's saying that it's possible to say that the kind of concessions which are given to children are not the concessions which are given to adults. He goes, as Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, Rahimullah, in uh, one of the chapters of Fiqh, he said, He goes that, you know, he was talking about some basic toys and some things that are used you know, to pass the time. He says, and I quote, إِنَّهُ يُرَخَّصُ لِلْسِّغَارِ مَا لَا يُرَخَّصُ لِلْكِبَارِ he goes, some things are, you know, we give concessions in some things to children that we do not give, yani, to adults. Uh, because the nature of children is to play around and waste time with little things like this. That's why you find these dolls and things with children. Yani, it's like she gave birth to it, yani, okay? He goes, these things are good and they're used for children, they play with it, they learn yani, how to be nice with it and you know, it's like they give birth to it, it's like their child, he goes and Sheikh Uthameen says you know, a statement which is obviously kind of outdated but he says, and he goes, this is kind of, um, it will start to get her ready for motherhood. <laughs> what a PC statement. He goes that it will get her ready for children, well, yani, you know me, to be honest I don't care, yani, you know. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Anyway, uh, and she goes, you'll find her that she will, you know, give names to them and see, she will say the Hadi Fulan, this is Jane and this is Mariam and this is Kada and they play with it. My Heba absolutely loves her doll. Absolutely loves her doll. Some yani, flippy bakwas, yani, flimsy rubbish, brings it to bed every single day. And she puts it in between me and her. And every time that I come to bed, I take that. and away with it chuck it away i said it's just me and you honey only me and you okay i don't want no doll coming in between us and 
He goes, فقد يقول قائل إنه يرخص لها فيها فأن فأنا أتوقف في تحريمها لكن يمكن أتخلص من الشبحة بأي طمس وجهها. He goes, I just want to say that I am with these kind of toys and things like that. I'm going to stop. I'm not going to say it's haram. I mean, I'm going to basically withhold my opinion. You can see he's got doubt. He's feeling some permissibility. He goes, but he goes, to be honest, if you really want me to say what I feel, he goes, Sheikh Al-Tameen says, the last, the last line of this chapter, he goes, that if you were to remove the face, then I would be happy with it. I have a faceless doll. Then there's no doubt whatsoever. There's no things whatsoever. That, my brothers and sisters, is what Sheikh Uthameen considers. As you can see, that he has a number of, yani, uh, uh, he has a very, uh, what's the word, complicated, nuanced position on the issues of pictures. In principle, um, he doesn't allow them. However, he recognizes that sometimes if they are used yani, in a disrespectful fashion, then they can be permissible. However, he does definitely prefer for you to be on the safe side and avoid them. He's completely happy with the, the art of photography, but even photographs themselves, he goes, they cannot be used. They need to be not to be kept. He's talking about them being on a TV and so on and so forth. He doesn't like them to be kept. He wants them to be burned. He goes, the angels will not enter the house and so on and so forth. What is my position and what is the class position? Yes, I am pushing a class position on this. And that, look at this. That's the Adhan. So we need to now hurry up now and make sure that we get any all this content in, okay? Um, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And also, inshallah, I hope that this will be a reminder for you guys about what you say when you hear the Adhan, okay? We've done that so many times. Problem is, at my moment, it takes so long to say it, Yanni, that uh, you know, I'm not waiting around for it. Um, here's what I think I'm gonna mention a few things to you guys, okay, about my opinion on pictures. Uh, Bismillah. I think that there is a lot of nuance that we need to, to remember about pictures. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. My opinion on pictures. And the use of pictures and photographs, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, um, is. I definitely believe the intention is very important. I believe that we live in a different era. I believe that the illa is the illa for why they are considered to be so haram, is shirk or that they are wasila to shirk that they lead to shirk and so on and so forth. That yani that they are a major problem. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Yani that there is a, a problem. Um, in perception but therefore if that perception is not there if you look at pictures and you don't feel that if you look at pictures and you don't respect them to such a great level that they could lead you to do something and or say something or feel something in your heart then I consider them to be permissible and I believe that there is not I think one of the very interesting historical facts is that the Sahaba anhum, um, they didn't go around destroying every single statue that you think, okay? Even, of course, that we know that's the Sunnah of Ibrahim and this was the way of the Prophet But when you look at it in detail, these are the destruction of, of statues and so on and so forth in community societies where they were worshipped. Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah wa anna wa anna radiyatullahi rabba Muhammad Rasulullah wa islami dina wa anna wa anna wa ashhadu anna ilaha illa wahda la sharika la wa ashhadu anna Muhammad abduhu wa rasuluh. As I said, in this yani, little reminder, your, uh, this little kind of uh, conclusion, you're also going to learn what to say when you hear the adhan. You repeat after the mu'adhan every single thing other than this, when he says, uh, uh, you say, um, 
So if you look at the Prophet then there is almost a complete destruction and, and level the graves and get rid of the pictures and so on and so forth. There are so many hadith. These cannot be denied. But I want to say that I think that this is really in those communities or those times and those areas when they are being worshipped. You got me confused now. Following the other. Um, so, um, I think that there are times where when pictures and so on are, are used in a way which is not for shirk, and I don't think it's haram to have them. I don't, I, you know, I don't think it's obligatory to get rid of them. There are some evidences to show that uh, in the tafsir of, sorry, in the tarikh of At-Tabari, Imam At-Tabari, Ibn Jarir At-Tabari in his tarikh, and some other narrations as well, the tabaqat and so on, you will see that um, uh, there were many companions that when they were making their la wa la billah, when they were going out and opening up the different countries and so on and so forth, okay, um, and their battles and then they're conquering different lands, they didn't go and destroy everything. Yes, subhanAllah, it was very interesting that when they opened up Hind, when they opened up the Arabian Peninsula, Yes, it's the Fajr Adhan. Um, they, didn't, they, they destroyed everything in the Arabian Peninsula because all of this, the, the, the pictures and the statues, they were worshipped proper. They were people only putting things there and whatever. And likewise in India, it's not surprising. In India, they did the same. Okay? And so they were destroyed and, and you know, so that makes sense. However, when they entered Iraq, when they entered Sham, when they entered, um, where else did they uh, go? Far, uh, uh, Faris meaning Iran. Uh, 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 or the the kind of the, the area uh, of Iran or the greater area around Iran and so on. Uh, they didn't destroy all these pictures. Did you realize that? Yani, they didn't destroy everything because the pictures and the, the things they were not yani, being yani, worshipped in the way that they are in uh, the Arab countries and Indian countries. And some of the scholars they said no, the reason they didn't do it is because they couldn't do it. I don't think that's the case. And for example, very famous in the 16th year of Hijrah, okay? Allah uh, اللهم رب هذه الدعوه التامه والصلاه القائمه محمد الوسيله ذو الفضل وبعث وقام محمود الذي وعدته انك لا تخلف اللهم تقبل طاعتنا يا رب العالمين اوكي سو نوت لونج تو سامورايز ذس ان شاء الله ليسن سعد ابن ابي وقاص رضي الله تعالى عنه هي انترز انتو the palace of Kisra in the 16th year of Hijrah and in there there are so many different things and so much yani pictures and statues and he doesn't destroy anything not a single one why what's going on why did he leave that on purpose if it was obligatory to destroy everything I genuinely think that it comes back down to the intention behind the yani, what's going on I think that you will find things amongst the companions we saw some companions uh, you know if the attitude was that there, there was a nuance there that they understood there was an intention and that was at that time i am saying to you now that i believe in our time no one or the mass majority of people unless of course they are any like hindus and so on and so forth that are using these for worship of course i'm not talking about that but i'm talking normal people when they make these toys and so on it's not for worship i believe they're permissible even in the details of their faces and so on uh even in general kind of de details um 
uh, I want you to understand that there's so much detail, so much nuance in this chapter, okay? Because, for example, um, we have narrations from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, for example, and Hudayfa and Anas ibn Malik, uh, you know, that they were um, uh, having like engraved rings that would have pictures on it. So, for example, um, in Sharh Ma'ani al Athar, we found that uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Hudayfa and Imran ibn Hussein they had you know, these type of rings that had small pictures and Abu Musa al-Ash'ari and Anas ibn Malik in the Musannaf of Abdul Razak al-San'ani and uh, for example from the Tabi'een in the Tabaqat of Ibn Sa'ad I've written here Shurayh and Ibrahim al-Nakha'i in Hilat al-Awliya and some, yeah, some of these narrations are weak I'm not going to say that they're all strong but um, uh, there's some I mean, crazy uh, stories there's one for example one narration of um, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari which shows that not just yani, a, uh, pictures and kind of logos and that could have been kind of animal in nature because there's like a lot of honor and respect in that and that was then again I remind you that was then when there were people who were worshipping these that's important I already told you about uh, Al-Qasim Ibn Muhammad one of the Fuqaha Sab'a of Medina he used to have yani, pictures in his uh, uh, hanging in his on his curtains yani, in his house clearly he doesn't see these pictures and there used to be something uh, haram there's no doubt about it but Abu Musa al-Ashari, he had a ring. This narration is weak, but there are some supporting narrations. I'm not going to lie that it's, a, it's the strongest in the world, but look at, listen to this. He had a ring that had a picture of a man and two lions that were licking him. And one of the companions came, or one of the one of his yani, people came in and said to him, where is this from? Why is this? And he said that yani, it is known that Daniel, who is seen as one of the kind of the prophets and uh, or uh, pious men, السلام, historically from Bani Israel uh, he was he was uh, at the time the the king was 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 uh, uh, believing he was, he was feeling threatened from the power of yani, so, some of these prophets and some of these men from Bani Israel that they would come and that they would kill yani, would take power and so he ordered for all these kids to be killed and Daniel specifically when he was found he was thrown into a pit of lions okay you, you know the biblical story of Dan, uh, Daniel anyway uh, the idea then is that um, when he was thrown into the pit of lions, instead of killing him or eating him, they started to lick him. And when he uh, he come out and his mother took him, his mother was so happy and uh, told Daniel what had ha Daniel what had happened later. And so Daniel then had a ring made, okay, that had a picture of him and the two lions licking him. And, and the riwayah specifically said so that he would be reminded of the ni'matullah ali Allahu Akbar I've been found, I've been mentioned in the books look the uh, the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on him at that time Ibn Kathir said that this narration is Hassan uh, the narration however contains Abdurrahman ibn Abi Zinad as I've written and he is yani, he is weak by and by said as you know as, as agreed upon by a number of scholars Ibn Hazm said that he is the most weak and his hadith is so weak but as I said Ibn Kathir said it is Hassan there's some discussion about it and the point I want to say is that this is not something any completely that it is mortis and meet, it meets the eye companions not destroying every picture companions not destroying every statue the fact that there are many scholars that the Prophet leaning on leaning on something that had a picture on it 
the, the, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ when he said that the angels do not enter the house. First of all, to make it clear, the house here in our time is the room. So it would not mean the entire house that angels do not go in. And what's it mean? It means the people who hang the pictures up and they make the theme of it. And even that, as I said, there could be some uh, ta'wil. But, but myself, this is my opinion. I'm just telling you my own personal opinion that I don't believe that you should put pictures up. And I do believe that there is some kind of ta'zim going on. But I believe it's permissible for those to be in an album, to be hidden away. And if they are in an album of some sort, or, you know, on a computer or etc., on a hard drive, which is often you turn it on, you see it. I mean, that's not even real anyway. So I told you, digital images don't even come into this. I'm talking about physical prints. I think if they're closed, it's not a problem. I think angels will even come into that room. But I'm saying that the angels will not come into a, into a room where it's on the wall and it's being respected. But they will go to other rooms in the house. I want you to know that. So if you're having a situation where you're at home in a family and some your father will not listen, don't yani lose your mind over it. Then just don't pray in that room. Don't yani let yourself be distracted. You don't want to be praying in a room because if the angels are not going to be there, because the angels are your partners, we want them to be there. So don't pray in that room. Go and pray in your bedroom, for example. So I'm saying that it's not all over. It's not a disaster. And even one of the narrations, or some of the narrations of this hadith, yani that the Prophet sallallahu uh, what's the uh, narration? Uh, in as I said, is referring to the old style. Remember the old style, it was only one room. I've spoken about this such a, so many times. In the corner, there would be some kind of thing that would be to wash and to cook and whatever, but it's one room. So therefore, in our modern time, that also means one room, one whole place, not the whole house of many different rooms. I'm saying that there's other narrations that say, meaning that except if there is some kind of picture in the thobe. Scholars spoke about this so much, they argued about it so much, what does it mean? So I genuinely believe, okay, genuinely believe, even though I know that there is risk in this and that it is safer to cover it, but small pictures of a small animal, like the Lacoste and like uh, Polo and small little things that are there that are not being any worshipped or respected, but it's like a logo and a brand and so on. A kappa, for example, kappa is okay because you can't even see the face of this. So you've got two people are sitting back to back you don't even know what's going on. A puma, you can't see his eyes and it's jumping like this. This is not something which is worshipped. It's not something you can see the details on. And illa rakbir fithobian hadith indicates, except if there are, this hadith states, if there, except if there are small pictures or something of animals or whatever on a thobe. This is exempted from the general exemption of pictures on the wall. This is my opinion. Hadith is there. This is some of the scholars agreed upon this point. So why would I deny this? So um, I personally think um i personally think that these are these um uh pictures are permissible yes there is some doubt over this i believe that yani the the using and the, the yes there's no doubt that for prayer it is even more delicate and sensitive but if you believe it's permissible to pray in it then it's something to pray in it's not a problem so i believe it is permissible however if you cover it then it's something which is better there's no doubt about it it's no doubt better to cover a top that has a small picture on it but i believe it is permissible to pray with small logos because it is hadith because these pictures are not real because they're often of animals that don't exist in reality because then the features are showing because the hadith show some kind of concession to these small kind of individual small images and so on and so forth i do believe that the niyyah is so important here that the niyyah of shirk and enjoying it is important but we have these as part of our brand it means nothing to us and um uh, you know, I genuinely believe that uh, we shouldn't create a problem where there is no problem, and that's my position on pictures uh, and their use. In summary, I believe this is completely permissible to uh, to draw them, 
uh, I believe that it is permissible to paint them. I, I believe that it is permissible for their faces to be sh shown. I believe that today our intention is very different. I believe that those uh, that the, the 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 warning to the al musawirin or al musawwarun, yani those people who make taswir, is something which is um, at best three-dimensional or not two-dimensional and when it is done it's because of shirk unless it even applied to two-dimensional it's because a person is trying to make himself like you know that look i can create now so you know like in some of the films you might see someone who's cloning or creating something and saying that i'm god you know that, that's a div yani you know a fool who deserves to be beaten and yani that's completely shirk and haram but the mass majority of people don't do it for that for that reason and so i believe that you can wear also uh, uh, something that has pictures on it. I don't think we should promote this kind of scene, but now that we're living yani, in a scenario like this, and the pictures have become so normal that they've lost their kind of shirk kind of aspect, I believe that's where we should be. I believe that the companions and their approach to uh, 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 even statues, I believe that that's something. SubhanAllah, Imam Al-Qarafi, one of the Maliki Imams, he said that I saw some people making these different things. I tried to make one myself. It seems like, it's almost like when you read it, and Allah, it confused me, I'm going to be honest. It's like you tried to make a robot, and this robot would be next to you, and it would come and it would yani, wake a person up. He had a finger that would set the time, and it would, yani, when you would fall asleep, it would then come and wake you up. SubhanAllah, that's how many hundreds, hundreds of years ago, and today, you know, you've got these different types of you know alarms and contraptions trying to wake you up and you know artificial intelligence and robots and he was trying to do that now again that shows you what the 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 the, the, the way that our fuqaha our, our jurists saw this issue i think that's very interesting anyway that's what i believe i hope that that's clear there's so much detail but i hope that you understand inshallah i believe it's completely permissible i'm going to say it's a class position and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best so i want to just summarize this issue concerning um makeup and beautification and so on because um, in lesson when I mentioned uh, the use of or the permissibility or my permit or my belief the permissibility of women using lipstick there was some confusion so I wanted to just mention a few things of course I didn't mean yani when I said lipstick red lipstick and pink lipstick and all that kind of nonsense that people use to bring attention to themselves I just want to explain uh, a few things and I guess this is important for men as well as women uh, you know the brothers and the sisters um, and to be honest both sides have been asking about this issue um, you know women subhanallah yunashya'u fil hilya as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, in uh, Surah Zukhruf that they are born into beautification or born into beauty or born or, or they, like, yani, they are murabba they are cultivated into a culture of being beautiful and having beauty and needing beauty and wanting beauty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that mankind has been made weak and one of the ways that we've been made weak is this is our emotions. Okay, obviously our emotions are a weakness. Um, we you know we're not in control of rational thought. That's that's the problem with emotions. And one of our emotional needs is the need to look good and to be beautiful. And there's a desire to look like that. And we always feel self-conscious when we don't. And we've got marks and we all feel bad. And I mentioned this before that there's one very important issue, of, uh, you know, about around the scenario of makeup. That before we go into the issue of makeup, let's also discuss the psychological factors here as well. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, meaning it's not necessarily healthy 
from a long-term vision to always be running to make up if we feel bad about ourselves because everyone is beautiful in their own way makeup is subjective beauty is subjective looking yani nice is subjective but what is not subjective is a person's yani um inferiority inferiority or belief that they are lower because of how they look and that cannot be we cannot create a paradigm where our sisters are always thinking that they have to uh, use makeup to make look better you see this is a big clash between two principles one that we believe that women are more sensitive than men to how they look and they, we should give them the permission to use yeah, any means to beautify themselves they really want to it's something that they want to do and they feel stronger and more confident and more proud looking more better okay and looking beautiful like they are and women are by by just the, how, the way they've created they are more beautiful they are more sexual they are more uh, attractive than men and so on and obviously that doesn't mean that the men aren't yani to them of course okay but yani in principle i'm talking and then you've got on the other hand this idea that we don't want any human being to be thinking that they're ugly and that they're unwanted and that they are not uh right that they're not yani um they're not yani you know uh they can't be natural in front of people they always have to do something extra to keep uh, 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 uh running uh, or you know to keep up with the joneses in in terms of presentation in terms of their appearance that's bad long term okay that's not healthy long term short term it's just not a healthy mindset uh women mustn't feel that pressure but they do of course but women mustn't feel and, and that's why some of the mashayikh and shaykh al-thameen alayhi rahmatullah i remember i remember him saying that uh, uh or, or, or no actually sorry it was shaykh al-albani he said that what happened to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that when you are feeling like this, then when you're feeling that difficulty and that yani, that stress or fitna and that that belief that you are uh, in a bad situation, then always look to those who are under you, and that's one of the 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 reasons why people have been created in different ways and different types and different looks and different whatever, is that you don't feel so bad because there's always someone who's worse off, and you should thank Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that your test is not as great as their test and whatever. I mean, people have to become comfortable with what they are and also of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions uh, that the, 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 in the intentional changing of your look and any the changing of your uh, and I guess this is in today's time is fo focusing more on cosmetic surgery and so on and so forth non-obligatory cosmetic surgery because shaitan is the one who is trying to change khalqallah any the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala okay so you've got to be careful there and there's so many warnings about that as well so it's a very difficult subject to deal with in just a few minutes because I've told, spoken about this now so much now in, in logical progression in the last three, four lessons. And I really want to just give a summary of the scenario and, and close this chapter that I believe that we have to uh, be very uh, men and women, some women, but men especially, we have to be far more understanding of women and their nature and their tabi'a, okay? And you know me, I couldn't give a monkeys about PR nonsense about you shouldn't assume this for men and women. Shut up, Yanni. Plums. I don't care about anyone saying things like that. I never cared for political correctness. I never cared for what women think. I never cared what feminists thinks or men, meninists or liberals or humanists or whatever. All I know is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken the truth and he sent the messengers like I sent them with the truth and we speak the truth and that's what it is. And khalas. Yani, um, women and men are different and, and, and women are more sensitive to how they look and we need to recognize that and that's why and there is some discussion about the ayah who is referring to in Surah Zukhruf but this clear 
uh, that there is this idea that women are more aware of their beauty and they should be in control of their beauty. That's why when uh, their husband pass, uh, passes away, then they go into an idda and it is from the sunnah and obligatory even. Uh, various things and actions and activities and modes of behavior and way you present yourself that shows some kind of mourning okay that shows some kind of demure kind of uh, you know blunting of oneself in terms of color in terms of makeup and so on and the very famous hadith in Bukhari uh, the Subayiya uh, uh, when she when her husband passed away um, she went into her idda and um, you know one of the companions you know uh, saw her when she came out of idda she had beautified herself and she was looking for marriage she had beautified herself which would indicate that she was not wearing some kind of you know makeup and so on and so forth and she came out of her idda and this companion was very surprised so quick what happened yani, you're looking for marriage and dressing like this what the heck's this he was very kind of angry and she said that uh, he goes the the idda is four months and ten days and uh, uh, she had she was pregnant though and she had given birth and she said no the idda ends when you give birth he goes no 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 four months and days so she went to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and uh and uh told him this and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know said that he was wrong and it is actually when you give birth and so you are right and so the narration as i said before it says uh, وتجملت, يعني she applied her kuhul, يعني today's mascara, and she made herself beautiful. So that would mean a few things maybe in the face, here and there, certainly the hands and the clothes. And يعني, and she went out to seek marriage. And the Prophet said, go out and seek marriage. Meaning that he approved of this behavior. Meaning there's a difference between normative and thing. And I would just want to know that, yes, women need to be divided into categories and we've got to be very careful. But I just want to set the scene first so that you understand. Okay, the beauty is something which is intrinsic to women. They love it. We love it in them. Okay, and so why shouldn't they can use uh, things that like uh, make sure that things are not um, blocking that? If someone has some kind of defect, it is a consensus that if there is a defect, then it is permissible to cover that defect. So, for example, if a woman has acne, regardless of what category she falls into, single, married, young, old, etc., she has very bad acne, she has very bad kind of skin, whatever, it's permissible to cover that and to create a normal face. Yes, normal is subjective, I understand that. But to be presentable is something which is good for a woman, recommended in fact. I don't want to say permissible because that's holding me back. I want to say it's recommended. That famous hadith of the Prophet when she walked in, when he walked in, walked in, to and saw a woman's hands, one of the female companions' hands, and she said, "What? What are these hands? Yeah, and these hands are like men's hands. They're rough-looking, like men's hands. Yeah, and go and put some henna, henna that we call it today, right? And look after your hands. Show so. Yeah, in today's world, put lotion on. Yeah, and make your hands look like women's hands." Your hands look like men's hands. This is the way that the Prophet them. Men are meant to look in a certain way and women are meant to look in a certain way. Man doesn't care about anything in the morning. The way he looks and the way he goes out, he just, you know, puts a bit. So for him, it's just a case of being clean and smelling nice. That's basically the focus for a male. All right, that he's clean, doesn't look like an idiot. Yeah, and he hasn't got hairs growing out of his nose and his ears and looking, you know, dirt in his eyes and whatever. That's an insane, basic yani, uh, scenario. But his male focus is upon smelling nice and looking fresh and looking neat, looking whatever. But all this kind of lipstick and, 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 and creams, whatever. No, maybe a bit of moisturizer, maybe looking after the skin because it's getting bad. But that's about it. 
we want women to be looking above that and beyond that. And that's why the kuhl is, in an, in, even though the Prophet ﷺ used it, but its asal is for women and mascara and so on and, and, and these things. And hinna, of course, she's meant to look beautiful all the time. And these are the zina, is focused in the face and the hands, of course it is. Okay, as Allah says. So these are the two things which are, are shown and are beautiful. And I want you to know that women are meant to look beautiful, are meant to feel beautiful, and if men have a problem with it, then they need to lower their gaze. They need to deal with their, their, their situation. Now I know this is a dars, I know that this is part of our normal LP kind of studies, uh, and I'm kind of speaking more directly, but it's because I just think that uh, all the lessons that we've done last three, four weeks of lessons, they need to be just summarized nicely, okay? So women are different, they are more sensitive, and now I just want to move on to now how much beautification is allowed. I want to say that beauty uh, uh, and the beautification that one can use has got to be commensurate to the urf, the culture of that society, meaning that a person mustn't stick out, but mustn't also be too far ahead. Yeah, any in different cultures, a person goes out with absolutely nothing, they will really stick out, it will look really bad. And that's not right for a woman, that she goes out and she looks like you know, something which is really bad, okay? I'm talking about uh, makeup is permissible, that creates at least a presentable face, that she does not feel bad, that she does not feel ashamed. She knows that she looks like, a, like the woman that she's meant to be. But she's not going so far that she looks attractive. There's a big difference about enhancing your normal features, making it look, look okay, and looking attractive. Because attractive is bringing attention to yourself. And those who bring attention to themselves, unless they're doing it, and so everything goes back to Niyyah. If they're doing it for a wrong reason, then it is haram. It is haram. So a person who goes to a club, for example, and does all herself up, well, completely haram. Going to the club is haram. What she's doing haram. What she's yeah, any, uh, looking, for, uh, for, for looking forward to is haram. However, someone, for example, is looking for marriage, that's something very different. A person looking for marriage, they as Hadith Bukhari says. The Prophet wants them to look good. We have athar, so many athar from the companions. Just in the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shayba, I know, for example, at least from Aisha radiallahu anha, young girls, that was time for their marriage, she would go and beautify them. She would go and do their hair and their eyes and this and that, whatever. And then yani, she would, it's like she would have them on a chair and then she would go around them. Yani, make tawaf. Yani, actually, the, 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 the phrase is literally tawaf. She would go around them and check them out and so on and so forth. You know, their hair and this, that, whatever. And she would say, La allana, uh, 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 After she's applied the makeup, she goes, La allana, uh, 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 okay, so maybe that what you will, if I remember if this is right, I read it, really long, I read it a long time ago, that uh, perhaps we can go and uh, put this, look at this, you would never believe this if you don't, you would think this is, what kind of kalam is this, but this is, listen, maybe we can reel in some of the young boys from, from some of the young lads of Quraysh, yani we can, uh, 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 how can we, what, what you know, like go hunting, okay? Yeah, yeah, married, uh, a woman looking for marriage is meant to go out and attract attention. So attraction here is, a, is, a, uh, is an aim. It's something which is something uh, which you are trying to do intentionally for marriage, something which is halal at that moment, at that time. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's something which you are trying to um, uh, enhance one's features to the level of actual beauty so far more you will go far more forward in, in order to uh, try and do that and this was supported by Sayyidina Umar, Umar ibn al-Khattab 
and Sahil ibn Sa'id and so many different companions. They spoke about this with respect to the young girls and who are looking for marriage. So I want to say that they are a separate category. They are a category. Now, if there's a woman who's looking to get married every day, okay, there's someone who's going out full out, but for example, there's a woman who's going out to work and so on and so forth. I'm saying that there's something which is available. Uh, yani, she's extra, yani, uh, slightly extra enhanced. She might use more color. She might use more beautification. Her, 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 her face is more focused on. I'm not an expert, you know. Uh, 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 yeah. The only thing, as I, the only thing that I know about makeup personally, is the L'Oreal advert, um, because I am expensive and I am worth it. And I say that all the time in every class that I uh, teach, especially if you have paid an admission fee. I'm definitely worth it, definitely, definitely. So the L'Oreal got that part right. Uh, but um, in terms of kind of uh, 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 blushes and so on and so forth and uh, contouring and bronzers and uh, you know all this kind of stuff I'm not too sure about all what all these things do but I will say this much that a woman that uses for example foundation I think that is permissible I don't think that that is something impermissible um, and uh, and the woman trying to get married she can do more but she can't go and uh, look like yeah, someone who is has bad characteristics. So, for example, she's putting on very, very strong perfume, for example, that can be smelled, uh, you know, far away, creating, yeah, and Nabi Sallam cursed down those people who do this, okay? Specifically cursed those women who put on this kind of perfume to attract the attention and to incite their desires. There's a big difference in creating a sexual kind of chaos, uh, you know, and, and, you know, wearing red, red lipstick and that kind of thing, and that what that, that whole represents. There's no society on this earth where red lipstick is normal. There's no society. I'm telling you that. And that's why I don't think anyone can make that use that as an excuse either. Um, but I think that uh, when it comes to the normative uh, people, so for example, a married woman, let's talk about that. She has to be much more careful. A married woman, she should not go out yani, looking attractive, except for her husband and for her families. Uh, causing attraction, that's a, yes, that's, a, that's a very sensitive area. And so therefore, here, the lipstick that would be used would be that which would be natural to the lips. And it would enhance the lips, but it's not going out beyond the color of the lips. So I'm not, you know, uh, obviously different skin color and tone plays into this, but you don't have something which stands out. Standing out is impermissible for a married woman uh, to non-mahram. It's impermissible. You are creating attention to yourself in a level of beautification which is unacceptable. However, if you are, you are absolutely allowed to enhance your features because that's part of the, the, the normal desire of the woman to look nice. So, for example, if it is normal in, in society to wear mascara, then one wears mascara, okay? And, for example, to, wear, to, to do things that, that enhance your cheeks and so on and so forth, I think that is permissible, okay? But to make it so much so that you look completely different, that you are completely different, um, changing almost the structure of your face. I don't know if, how far contouring actually does that, but if it does, then that's yani, a dodgy area. And you need to avoid that. It's an area of doubt. However, enhancing your cheeks, making them look better, um, creating kind of a shadow or getting rid of different marks or whatever, however it's done, however you guys do it. Like I said, enhancing your normal features to give a nice natural look and look presentable and i know that's subjective as heck yeah but that's fine this is permissible this is something which is the nature of the woman but when she goes too far and every woman knows how when, when what i mean by go, we're going too far i don't okay i can see it but you know what the levels are when you're applying your makeup yeah that's something which is not permissible 
unless you are looking to get married okay and that can't be some kind of unrestricted uh, uh you know constant permanent state that a woman you know, just you know keeps doing this she needs to be aware she needs to be careful of the desires of other people but i want to say that ultimately whatever she looks like and yeah, whatever a woman does permissible or impermissible it's the responsibility of males to lower their gaze ultimately a man is responsible for his actions how he looks at a woman how he treats a woman that's something which you know whatever happens to a woman as a result of what she's doing what she's wearing the blame will always be upon the man if he does something the woman itself, she has certain things that she shouldn't do and her iqab in the dunya or the akhirah is based upon her own responsibilities. But when it comes to a man, he has to deal with his own yani, reality. So I don't know if that yani, clears up the basic, uh, uh, yani, the last few lessons. Obviously, we've mentioned a lot more detail in the previous lessons, but I hope that you know now that uh, people understand. Women are different from men. They are more sensitive. Absolutely, first of all, any cosmetic any deficiencies or any kind of problems, removing hair, for example, in between the eyes is permissible because this is not where hair should be. And when it comes to the rest of the eyebrows, you're not allowed to shape them. The Prophet cursed the women who shaped their eyebrows. However, if you have some abnormal hair, and this is a slippery slope, and I don't want people to think that I'm allowing this, and but I'm saying that it's very clear that if there are certain hairs which are very, very kind of wrong placed, if they are, I don't know, okay? Bro, I don't care as you can see. I couldn't care less people will just pretend me to dye my beard and make me look younger and do this that Does it look like I give a monkeys? Obviously not, but I'm saying sisters they should care and it's good that they care and that's how they were born That's how they were created. They were uh, as in Surah Zukhruf, they were nurtured into this and so if they see some kind of You know something which is not normal in there eyebrow i think it's permissible to take it but it's a very very slippery slope so please try to avoid that and any marks that they want to try and hide that is permissible and then in above and beyond that if they do things such as using certain forms of makeup to just enhance the features but not come across as someone who has really gonna gone out and you know pasted on and whatever and you know see some of some of the countries you go in and you look at some of the women and it's very very bad and women need to recognize that that's why i said in the beginning that more above and beyond the issue of makeup is psychologically understanding that the inferiority complex is not something which is good long term and that we have to have a vision where people understand that we don't want everyone to just always be thinking that i have to put makeup to maybe better no we have to create a scenario for women and men that they understand that women are beautiful regardless of what they do but also recognize that they want to look beautiful and when they want to then they are allowed to use lipstick which is natural to their lips not not bright pink not bright colors whatever but just yani, because that brightness is attraction which is only yani, allowed to a degree for women who want to get married and who are young wanting to get married and then as soon as they get married then they must then uh, remove these kind of things and you're allowed to use nail polish and you're allowed to use uh, 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 things to beautify the hands or whatever this is part of your thingy the Prophet has already said that henna is part of our culture and to to do the eyes is part of our deen why where did all these people come from when they're so harsh upon women that they can't use basic simple makeup to enhance a few things they want to just have a, a, an even tone on their face and they want to have an even whatever texture I, I don't know but men just need to chill out women need to be careful but women also need to be confident and be uh, aware that it is permissible for you to look normal and presentable and not have to just always think that everything is completely haram. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Inshallah, next lesson we will move on to the wearing of gold and in your clothing and silk and so on and so forth. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. We will deal with more questions then. 
Uh, someone, of course, did ask the um, question. Someone asked a question about when we were discussing the issue of litham, covering of the mouth. Does that consider to be covering the face? Um, I have to say that I don't believe so. I used to a long time ago, but I believe now that in Hajj they're talking about is it permissible when you're in Ihram? I believe that a person who wears that face mask, you know, for germs and things, I think it's permissible because when the person puts that on, no one thinks that they're covering their face, covering their face in terms of niqab and whatever. Likewise, someone asked the question, can I use the eye shades? Long time ago, I used to consider the same. It's covering the face, but it's not, is it? It's covering your eyes, and it's not a million miles away from covering your. Yeah, you're wearing glasses and sunglasses, isn't it? And there, we made those permissible. So why not? Yeah, any the um, eye shades at night time. I think it's permissible to wear that. And that's the only going back to a few lessons ago when we were talking about the only cover the impermissibility or the the dislike, the karaha of covering the face. I think I'm up to date with terms of questions, inshallah. And um, next lesson, and we're live back again in Chido, inshallah. جزاكم الله خير والله تعالى أعلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت واستغفرك اللهم وأتوب إليك والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته